0: Thanks for checking out Covenant's podcast. Our prayer is that God uses this message to impact your life. Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing? You guys are still in the darkness. (laughs) Uh, Well, we're going through a series called Uncommon. And uh, we're looking at what life looks like in the aftermath of the cross. And um, all through, uh, just after Easter, we've been going through these ways that we have been called to this uh, uncommon life. And so we've been going through different things. we talked about community. We've talked about uncommon truth, uh, uncommon generosity. And then last week we uh, landed with Josh at Un- uncommon wisdom and and, um, and so now we're looking at uncommon mission. We're looking at uncommon mission, our purpose, our why, why are we here, what is the reason that God has set us on a mission, what does that mission look like, and, and when I think of the word mission, I'm reminded of uh, the Mission Impossible movies, anyone know the Mission Impossible movies, or, or maybe you know the Mission Impossible TV show if you're a little older, um, if it's a little ancient, that one, I looked it up on YouTube, geez, the CGI, um, uh, uh, but but Mission Impossible, right? With the theme song and everything Like like we, we know that iconic line in, in the Mission Impossible that says um, Your mission, if you choose to accept it Right, it's a little, the, the old one It's the tape And then it starts to psss, like smoke And it's like, geez, that's terrible If you're a spy and you're hiding And, and smoke just gives you away <laughs> So that's where he's hiding, right? It's like this, this mission that we sit on, uh, when we look at those movies and we think about it, 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 is that it is an impossible mission without Jesus. It is an impossible mission without the Holy Spirit. And so when we look at this, my my question to you is as we read the Great Commission, as we read the Word of God, and we see this mission that we've been set on, I feel like the words that the Holy Spirit may be uttering this morning is, your mission if you choose to accept it, Covenant Church. Your mission if you choose to accept it. And so I'm not going to go in Matthew 28, we're going to open up to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, if you have your Bibles, we're going to start reading in verse 9. In verse 9, and it says this, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How, then, can they call on the the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Let's pray. Father, this morning we ask that your word, that your word would speak to us, Lord. We ask, Lord, that we would be challenged, that we would be convicted, that we would be encouraged. I pray, Lord, that we would be blessed by your word this morning. Well, I ask that you would use this broken vessel to communicate a perfect truth, your truth, Lord. May we receive this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the context here at the at the beginning of Romans 10. We find if you read the whole chapter and go back and, and read it. And, and oftentimes I want to encourage you, church, when we preach out of a passage of Scripture, it, it will be of great benefit for you after the service, maybe later tonight or this afternoon, to just read the whole chapter, to really allow God's Word to do a work in your heart and, and not just leave it here. Uh, but in Romans 10, um, we, we find here that Paul is sharing his desire and prayer first and foremost for for, for the Israelites To believe in Jesus. He says, this is my desire. First and foremost, my desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. So he's saying that this is his desire. That people would be saved. And I ask you this morning, church. Is it your desire? Is it your prayer? That those who do not know Jesus Christ would be saved. If we are honest with ourselves this morning, and we know what it looks like when our hearts desire something, is this the desire of your heart? That those who don't know Jesus may know Jesus. And so we find that as Paul's desire, first and foremost, for his fellow countrymen to, 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 to believe in what he believes in. To believe in Jesus, to be saved. And then Romans 10 as we find that Paul sets this up with a clear presentation that, to, the, to, the, to the Israelites that, that hey listen... There is, no, there is no distinction. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. And, and he says, hey, you, you can stop laboring. You can stop having to work for your, for your righteousness. That, that righteousness that is worked and earned for by your own good works is insufficient. You're just toiling. You're just trying to do something that's impossible. And he says, here's the deal. Uh, the, 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 the whole law, it culminates in Christ. That Jesus that if you put your trust in Jesus you can stop striving you can stop trying to say hey listen i'm go- god loves me because i'm a good person and you step into what jesus has already done the finished complete atoning work of christ on the cross that is what we step into and our righteousness is not found in ourselves but it's found in him and that's what paul is saying stop striving it's good news. You no longer have to work for it. That is good news, church. That is brilliant news. If I listen, church, I'll tell you that is incredible news. I, I know, we're, you, you know we you know we we might be like yeah, I know the truth. I know it. I know that's why I'm here, Rob. <laughs> I, buy, I buy it. And I buy it. But the reality, church, is it's good news, and the good news, it's such good news that it keeps us going forever. If we pause for a second and we think, that's how good this news is. Church, if I said, there is a way for you to get six pack abs and you don't have to work for it, you'd be like, that's awesome! Sign me up! Right? Summer's around the corner. Be on the beach running in slow-mo like David Hasselhoff. Sign me up. I don't have to work. So you find the goodness of the gospel is that here's this free gift, the cross of Christ, that, 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 that the punishment that was due to us, he took it upon himself and said, hey, listen, you get to walk in my righteousness and my goodness. You're covered in my righteousness. Great news. And, church, that great news, that is the mission that we are on to tell the world, to proclaim that truth, to proclaim that good news. That is the mission. That's the purpose. That's why we're here. That's why we exist. That's why we're coming to say, I have tasted and I have seen. Therefore, I'm on this mission to tell everyone about what I have tasted and I have seen. That's our mission. Plain and simple church. The mission that we are on and the foundation of what we are doing is that we are carrying good news. This world needs good news. You need good news. And I'm telling you that it's needed all over the world. And I'm telling you that you needed the good news before 2020. Okay, there's there's nothing in our lives. I mean, we... It's not like we met each other last year. You had some stuff in 2019. You had some stuff in 2018 we're in need of good news but we are carriers of that good news and so that good news must be shared it must be told and paul says this in this beautiful picture he says this he says how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news do you have beautiful feet (laughs) amen amen that's what confidence you know if you know you know if you know your feet are beautiful you know but but it's like paul you he uses feet i don't know church top 10 romantic songs i like the way your feet look no your eyes maybe your hair but feet he uses feet church if there's anything two out of ten on you right now no matter how beautiful you look It's your feet. That's why we don't take off shoes until like the third date, right? Like until we know this relationship is is secure, I'm not showing you my feet. But he says how beautiful are the feet of those. So he's not talking about appearance. What Paul is talking about is what the feet do, what the feet have been doing. And what he's doing, he's quoting Isaiah 52. And church, the reason why we read that whole passage and the reason why we started in verse 9, even though we're talking about the mission of the gospel, is that we need to hear the goodness of the good news. That needs to be our foundation. We need to be reminded of what we're carrying. And so in Isaiah 52, it says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your, A- your God, your God reigns. He's saying if those who proclaim the good news of release from Babylonian exile, if they were celebrated, If their feet were beautiful, what more those who are carrying the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? We are carriers of that news. And so we have beautiful feet. Amen. Hey, like, you know, check your neighbor's feet. See, No, don't. Don't do that. But we are proclaiming this good news. Church, this news is great. It's, am- it's amazing. It, 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 it is what Jesus says he was anointed to do. That's what we're, we're passing on. It's good news to the poor. It's liberty to the captives. It's sight to the blind. It's liberty for those who oppress. oppressed. When we meet the poor, the blind, the oppressed, the captives, they should say, we have been freed by this good news. Wherever your footprints have been, people ought to say... I have heard the good news. That's, that's, that, that, that's what we carry in us, church. We are carriers, we're vessels. And I want to say this lovingly. You are not the good news. Your ideas are not the good news. Your thoughts about what would make the world a better place is not the good news. The good news is Jesus Christ crucified, made a way for you and I. And there's no more distinction between Jew and Gentile. We get in. That's the good news. And we're carriers of that. You are just a vessel. I'm just a vessel. It's the contents in the vessel. Church, this is not a paid ad, but this is a Jules Pizza box. Alright? Jules Pizza. We love Jules Pizza. Huh? Doylestown, it's a treat because it's expensive but the reality is this right, this box is 25 cents, 30 cents, whatever this box I want you to imagine, this, this, I love this illustration, imagine you ordered jewels today you're hungry after church, you're like that message was long, it just went on and on I, I need some jewels, we need to treat ourselves kids were great, and then the Grubhub guy comes to your door and he's just holding the pizza in his hand and you're all hungry and you're waiting for this pizza. And you're like, he's holding the pizza in his hand. I mean, 2019, maybe I would eat it. Due to 2020. Did you miss last year? Pizza's in his hand. Right? You need a box. Now the box is necessary, but it is the, the contents of what's inside the box. That's what's valuable. That's what's valuable. It is what the box is carrying. You and I are the box. And I'll tell you, I have never gone to a place and eaten pizza there and said, Ah, oh, their boxes are so cool. Pizza's, mm, boxes though, are amazing. No one does that, right? You and I are the box, and I love this. They've put this new seal um, to make sure it's not tampered with because of all the pictures on on social media, the Grubhub dudes of the poo, it's just bad. But so. They've put this seal. And church, when I saw this, I was like, thank you, Jesus, because I'm a preacher. That's an illustration. Don't mess with the contents inside the box. You don't need another topping. You don't need to put pineapples on it. Leave it. And we want to add to it. We want to add to the message. But church, we are carriers of this message as is. It is beautiful. It is amazing. It is powerful. It is powerful. And we get to walk in that. I love how, how Josh last week said, I, I, I don't quite know how it works, but it works. Just, I, I don't know how Claritin works. I just know it works. Some of you know how it works. You can sit in the corner, your smart, smart corner, but we just know it works. The gospel works. Don't mess with the contents. And so we find in Romans 10 that that what Paul does is he flips it and he reverses it. And the questions he asks so brilliantly in this text are put in reverse order and stated negatively so that we can truly see how one stage is important to the next. You see that it's happening here in, in verse 14. He says, how then? Can they call on the one who they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Like he's saying in reverse order, salvation in, in, in reverse order. How can it happen if we're not moving? And, and so here's the reality. If we flip it into the, into the right sequence, it's Christ sends heralds. Heralds preach people hear hear hearers believe believers call and those who call are saved and so we are sent by jesus we are sent we ought to be senders we ought to be people who are saying send me We're sent to proclaim this message. You know, when we look at the New Testament, they were directly commissioned by Jesus to go and make disciples. That's before before Jesus bounced. He was like, hey, guys, last words here. Let me tell you what I need to say. Matthew 28 says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's an assurance. You have power. You have been given permission. I have been given all authority. And so here's what I'm going to do with my authority. It says, therefore go, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Church, we're here in Doyle, Pennsylvania, in the United States of America. I think I need to say this. Jesus did not ascend to heaven in Washington, D.C. That's not where he was. He wasn't speaking to Americans. So go out to all the nations is a message that's received in many different parts of the world. And it means go to the nations. Sometimes Jesus is saying that to someone in India and telling them to go to Pakistan. Sometimes this message is being read by someone in in, in Nigeria, and they're being told to go to Chad. Not a guy, the country. (laughs) Right? Sometimes God is just doing it anyway. Go to the nations. Make disciples. Church, you want to know an amazing thing? An amazing thing that I thought about this morning. The church that I came from in Zimbabwe. It's called Gateway to the Nations. We're called the Base Church, because Gateway to the Nations is it's just like it's just not happening on Instagram. But so we called the base, but the name is Gateway to the Nations. And no one actively sent me. But even the fulfillment of scripture, this is happening all the time. There are people being commissioned in some countries in so many ways. By the the sovereignty of God to say, I need you in this place. I'm going to do some things. Hey, I would have preferred a different pathway. But anyway, Lord, send me. I'll go wherever. And God does the work. God's going to send whether you like it or not. He's ascending God. Go, go, go. That's two-thirds of the word gospel is Go. Go. Church, if there's anything that you need to get from this sermon, go. Go. You might be saying, where to, Rob? Go to your family. Go Go to your children. You don't have to be married. Go to your friends. Go to your workplace and proclaim this truth. This good news. Go to your neighbors. Church, I'm speaking to myself. I have neighbors. Go to I, I need to I need to go to my neighbors more. Go to your go to your social media. Church, go. Is it your desire that people will be saved? Then go. Go. Church, we have opportunities, and this is where maybe for me as a, as a missions pastor, I have a shameless plug. Let's go together. Let's, let's go. At, at Covenant Church, we want to go. We want to go and, and pack backpacks, and, and we want to go to, to, to Philly, to Camden. Go. Let's go. We want to go to the nations. When the world opens up again, go on a missions trip. Go. And remember, church, here's, here's the call. Jesus has given us the authority. Who are you waiting for? If you're like, I've never been sent, let it be known. It's on YouTube. I'm saying go. Jesus is saying go. Go. And I know, church, that we feel inadequate. We feel like, I, I, don't, I can't be. Who am I to share the gospel? Who am I to talk about Jesus? Who am I? Who are, uh, You don't know, Rob. You don't know how broken I am. You don't know I feel like a hypocrite. You don't know what I was doing last night. You don't know how I speak about people. You don't know how I, how I drive on six eleven. You don't know me. I don't feel like I can go. Go, the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter four. You need to read John chapter four. She is on husband. She is working on husband number six. She's had five husbands. She's working on husband number six, right? Six husbands. It sounds like a like a TLC show. G, G, that's when she meets Jesus. At the well, hiding, hiding from everyone else in the community. And at the end of that story, in that conversation, when she met Jesus, the Messiah, she was an evangelist at the end of that conversation. She had been equipped to go to the very people she was hiding from. So much so that she woke them up from their naps and said, I need to tell you, I have met the Messiah. The news was too good for her to keep to herself. Whatever is disqualifying you is a lie from the enemy. Have you seen the hand of God in your life? Okay, you don't know what happened to the dinosaurs, so okay, you don't know how to theologically explain that. That's all good, but what do you know? Hey, all I know is that I was dead, I was buried. I don't know the whole Bible. I'm learning. But I can tell you that Jesus picked me up in my pit. And he lifted me up. And the good news of the gospel, it changed and transformed my life. It gave me hope. Church, and that's all you have to say. But go. And the the, the awesome thing, church, is we just sang the song. There's another one in the fire. Jesus is not asking you to go alone. In Matthew twenty eight, he says this he, he says, And surely I am with you always. At the very end, to the very end of the ages. Surely I am with you. You don't go alone. Let the Holy Spirit give you wisdom in those moments. Allow the Holy Spirit to give you boldness to pro- proclaim those truths in those moments. Church, the message of the gospel, and I have to say this, it is, of, it is urgent. It is urgent. Church, we often think we have more time than we truly have. We often think we, I'll talk to him next week. He'll be around. And the truth is, church, you do not know. You do not know. And in this moment, church, whatever it is that you feel like you've got to lose, think about the, the, the beauty of the good news of Jesus Christ. Think about how it rescued you. Think about what it means to you. And then think about proclaiming that same truth to someone who's in need of this news. I'm not trying to guilt you into this. And church, there is no bonus that we get if we're able to preach and people are able to go and decide. There's nothing. There's not an MLM. There's no nothing. There's a spiritual downline. It's just because this news is so good. that if it's true to you, church, think about your darkest moments, church, and when all you have had to cling on to Is Jesus. And then think of someone in the same darkness with no Jesus. That alone stirs my heart. Say, I don't know how you are going to cope. Because all I had was Christ. In my darkest moment, all I had was Jesus. And I want you to have him too. And my next point, Church, is this. We must proclaim this clearly. We must proclaim. We must preach this message, and it must be clear. It must be clear, because as the herald is sent, the herald is sent to preach. And church, there is there is this time. It's critical that we are clear about what the gospel is and what the gospel isn't. We have to be clear. At times of people walking around with a a vague gospel, a vague Jesus. And so it's like left to your own interpretation. There's nothing left to our own interpretation about the, the accuracy and the focus of the gospel. It is clear. And so we proclaim it as it is. We don't tamper with it. We proclaim it as it is. And we trust that it is not ours to dilute and change. Jesus doesn't need a PR guy. The gospel is what it is. And it works and it's powerful. And we should not be ashamed of it like Romans 1.16 says. We sh- we're not ashamed of the gospel. We preach it as it is. So we have to be clear. Church, in vagueness, a lot of things get lost. In vagueness, a lot of things are received in the wrong way. When we're not clear, things can be interpreted the wrong way. I'll tell you this quick story. A few days ago, I was in the park. And I was talking to this guy. And this guy, he sells drugs for a living. He sells drugs. And we're walking in Peace Valley. I'm sharing, we're talking about God's word. And he's talking about how he he wants to leave this this organization, this life of of selling drugs. He wants to leave it. He wants to go and do something else. And and we're talking to him. But it's too lucrative, so he's going to stay in there. Now let me be clear and give clarity to the story. This guy works for J&J. So he does sell drugs for a living. That's true. But for most of you, as I was sharing that in the vagueness, you were like, oh my goodness, Rob, were you okay? What happened? Were you in danger? Yeah, he sells drugs. I can say that. I can go to Zimbabwe and say, guys, I, I preach to all these white drug dealers every day. I'll raise a lot of money. Go and do your work, Rob. I'm like, yeah, some of them at the top of the organization. It's vague, it's not clear, and therefore everyone can interpret it however they want. I didn't lie, but it's not clear. Church, it must be clear. The gospel must be shared with clarity, with clarity. It is powerful, and there's no other gospel. Galatians 1, 6 to 10, it it says this, because church, there is no other gospel. There is no other gospel. Paul says this, I'm astonished. That you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all evidently some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of christ but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you let them be under god's curse as we have already said so now i say again if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted let them be under god's curse in verse 10 it says am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God or am I trying to please people if I was still trying to please people I would not be a servant of Christ church the culture is shifting and, and it's becoming harder and harder to, to, to be a Christian and we, all those things can be true but as Paul said our mission is not to be liked. The mission that we've been called to, there are people who are going to reject you. The mission that we're being called to church, we, we preach it as it is. No other gospel, no gospel trying to get the acceptance of other people. And there is an idol in our hearts. Listen, no one likes to be unliked, right? But for the sake of the gospel, you can unlike me. But what I will not have you is like me for giving you a diluted version of the gospel. We will be unliked, church. It will happen. You will get unfollowed. But for the sake of that truth and the urgency of this message that God and this mission that God has put us on and given us. We are willing to go. So, church, this morning, I want to close with this invitation. I want to close with this invitation. Church, this is why we exist. This is why we're here. I want to remind you, church, this is an important part of who we are as Christians this is the halftime huddle. This is where we encourage one another to go. This is where, if this was a sport, this is where we're in the changing room. And this is where we are telling each other, hey, listen, hey, you need to cover that guy and and you need to do this. And this is where we wrap up the hamstring because it's hurting. And here's where you get some encouragement from your coach and from the people who are preachers and teachers and the pastors and our staff here and our leaders here who say, hey, listen, keep going, go for it. This is the half time. And I want to say this church, The halftime is not the game. It's important. And we should not make the halftime the game. The only time the halftime is the game is Super Bowl. Every other game, we don't care about the halftime. That's when we go to the bathroom. That's when we make popcorn. We don't care. There are no cameras in the changing room and we're like dissecting what the coach threw at which player. This is the halftime church, this is where we huddle and say, what are you going to do in the game? What are you going to do when you leave here? Have you been equipped to go and share the gospel? Have you been equipped to make room? Have you been equipped to empty out yourself so that you can be a vessel of the carrier of this good news? This is when we come together and we say, I see you're hurting, but keep going. This is where we give each other and remind each other of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Are you here? Are you tired? Are you weary? Here's the hope. Jesus will be your strength. Hey, are you lost? Are you in a dark place? Are you weeping? Are you angry? Are you frustrated? Are you Exhausted? Here's where you get replenished. Okay, go back. This is what church is. This is what we are. And also church, if you walked into this room and you don't know Jesus, this is also a place to invite you in. What Jesus has done has made a way for you to be a part of our team. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to run a 40-yard dash in 4.6 seconds. You're on the team. Through the cross of Christ, that has equipped you to be on this team. And church, this morning, I know it can get a little weird, and I know it's not necessarily what we do every week, and I would say I've never done this, but I did this in the first service. If you don't know Jesus, I know that the mission that God has placed us here is to make that invitation clear. If you do not know Jesus, He loves you. It's not coincidence. He's the great one who has set up so many moving pieces, so many things. He is the one who's shifted so so many plans so that you would hear that Jesus loves you, made a way, and I know you're here this morning, and I know you're wrestling, and I know you're a skeptic, and I know you're not sure, and I know you're not sure if you'll be able to obey, and I know you don't think you have the strength. He's not thinking that you can do it in your own strength. None of us do it in our own strength. He's just saying, come. Come into this family come. It might be dysfunctional. Read the Bible. It is. Someone might say, it's okay, but I'm the head of this family and I'm calling you into my family. If this is you this morning, I want to invite you. I want to invite you to say yes to Jesus. I want to invite you to say, yes, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I invite you this morning. And maybe you've strayed away. Over 2020, the cares of this world, the trouble that we've been, and you haven't read your Bible in 15 months, and you're struggling, and you feel guilty, and you feel like a phony. I want to invite you. Say, Jesus, I want to walk with you the way I walked with you five years ago. Jesus, I'm desperate for you. Give me the strength even just to read a verse today. Encourage me. Wake me up. Lord, put me in a place. Maybe you're walking in unconfessed sin and you're drowning in guilt. Just say, Lord, give me the words and the boldness and encouragement to go to a friend and just say, man, I've been missing the mark. I'm broken. My life is crumbling. Help me. That's why we're here not to judge one another and not to play perfect. And I know it's going on a little longer, church, but I want you to know that this invitation is something that I must make this morning. Do not walk alone. Do not walk alone. The Lord is calling you into this place. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for those in this room. And even right now, Lord, your Holy Spirit is convicting them. And I pray, Lord, that they just may see your beauty, that they may see how wonderful you are, marvelous you are. Lord, that they may see that you're not waiting on the other end. To, to, to count their sins against them. You're saying, I've paid it all. Lord, I pray that they may hear that. And they may know, Lord, that you offer freedom. The freedom that they no longer have to work for, they just have to repent and confess with their mouth that you are Lord and Savior. And I pray, Lord, that you'll take care of them walking, being discipled, growing in you, as you faithfully did for me, as you faithfully did for so many people in this room. So we lift this up, Lord, to you, and we trust you, and we love you, and this is for you, in Jesus' name.